episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I think we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. I've got a bad feeling about it. Quiet. Whoa. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And uh, this show is a special episode that we're going to drop here tonight. Um, you had a chance to sit in on a discovery panel at Farpoint. I did, and it was a lot of fun. I had hoped to do this. Uh, wanted to just converse with fans and see what, what they thought of the new Star Trek TV show. Oh, and boy, did you find out, Miles. I did. You I did, did find out. Um, so a panel of four people, many of them... Um, you know, a doctor, people that are well known in that, at least at least the Farpoint Con, right? And uh, it sounded like you had a guys that had a great discussion. We did, and for the most part, most of us were pretty positive on the show. Uh, I I tried to see if we can, you know, get a more you know dissenting opinion, but uh, most everybody was. Uh, One of the panelists wasn't for it, but he was. He 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 said. I think it's good TV. I think it might even be good sci-fi. I'm not sure if it's good Star Trek yet. So the jury was out on him. Right. Maybe that tune changed after he saw the final episode. I would be curious if it did or not. Yeah. So it's important to put this out there that this that this panel was recorded the day before the final episode dropped. Yes. So it's not like this is a reflection on, on everything Discovery. It's everything Discovery up till the final episode. Yes, correct. Right. Mm-hmm. But the panel went well? The panel went very well. It was en- uh, enjoyable. I had a couple people come up to me and tell me they, they had fun. And you know, Any notable points, any notable talking points in the panel that you want to bring up here before we share it? Um, there's a gentleman who asked, do, do we think – this is just a sci-fi show, but it just, you know, it's kind of, but it connects to Star Trek just to kind of, I guess, make it more palatable or popular, whatever, or, or is it, or, or is it Star Trek? And, and then, you know, so there are a lot of people thinking, you know, maybe, you know, they're not sure if it's, if it, is it just good sci-fi and okay Star Trek or, um, you know, but just, just. The amount of people that were defending the show, even defending some of the, you know, controversial choices made in the show, I, I was I was expecting maybe maybe more people a little more negative and down the show, but I really didn't. We didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. No. Yeah. So Star Trek for today's generation maybe is another way of looking at it. A lot. A lot of people thought it, it spoke to. Maybe things going on today in the world, so yeah. it resonate. I think it re- resonated with most everybody in, yeah. that, in that room that day. Yeah. So this was recorded live, and there weren't microphones in front of each of the panelists, so you are going to hear some room noise in it. 
Um, but it's a very good, it, 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 you're going to get the, to experience what it's like to be at one of these panels here at a convention. So if you don't go to conventions, it's a good way to experience it. And plus, if you love discovery and want to hear other people talking about their love of discovery, it's a good panel for it. Yes. So Miles got a chance to step in and uh, be a panelist for it. We weren't sure he was going to make it. So. I'm so happy I did. Yeah, we were, we're happy you did, too. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Well, without further ado, here is the Star Trek Disco panel at, uh, at Farpoint Con 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for coming. Um, my name is Miles McLaughlin. I uh, co-host a podcast called the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast uh, with my friend Scott sitting up front. Uh, I've watched Star Trek Discovery since beginning to end, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess I'll just weigh where I where I'm on the show. I'm enjoying the show. I understand some of the criticisms, which we can probably talk about. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Alan Chafin. I write under the name T.H. Chafin. I've written uh, for Analog, Starlog, the Star Trek comic book. Uh, I am actually a character in a more than half a dozen novels in the Star Trek universe. I, have, I also have a canon character in the Star Wars oh, universe, of all things. Um, you have huge... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, no, I, have, I have one. T- yeah, I, I'm on screen for one and a half seconds. So I have a camera. Yeah. That's, that's one and a half over. more seconds than I've been on screen. Yeah. So. Um, but anyway, so yeah, been been around. Oh, it's good, dude. Uh, oh, he'll make it. Okay, right. that's why he's going to slide out. Okay. Hello. Those are sure few minutes. We're going to make it. Um, I, I'm actually like two or three episodes behind at the moment because. Um, well, I won't go into why. I have 50 episodes behind. I was, but but I've seen enough of it that I can certainly hold it up. I was until today. Ah. <laughs> that's, um, what, that's what I was doing, trying to catch up. I didn't know that the episode had resumed. All right. Um, I'm Ariel Vitale. I, um, I'm just your average suburban physician. I practice in Towson, live in Howard County. I'm just your um, average uh, con-going fan. Um, many fandoms, and... As far as my primary fandom, I'm a longtime member of Starfleet International, uh, with awesome. uh, the chapter out of Glen Burnie. And um, I don't know, I've been Tuckerized a few times. I think Dayton put me in one book, and I've done some bit parts, but I got nothing else. <laughs> oh, we're going to stop. This is yes, we're in yeah. Well, I'm the man who needs no introduction. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one. I'm Lorenzo. Uh, Hi, Lorenzo. Hi, Lorenzo. Folks who have been coming to this convention probably know me. Yes. <laughs> I used to be here a lot. Uh, always did panels for many years. I actually did an HBO miniseries, if we're bragging. I played a drug addict. <coughs> I was very good. <laughs> That's did, how I got the job. Did you work job. from experience? Or? Well, I, went to, I went to the director. I just got out of the hospital, literally. Okay. I said, Rock. <coughs> I weigh 100 pounds. Just got to the hospital. I have a tube in my throat. Make me a drug addict. I was joking. He looked at me and said, you may have something. He <laughs> <laughs> made me a drug addict. I had a speaking part, too. Nice. It was called The Corner, if anybody wants to know. Okay. Uh, other than that, mostly I was a script writer. 
That's what I used to do. It's right for television. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a friend of mine talk me and be on stand for his show. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with the networks. Yeah. So I said, look, I'm going back to East Coast before I kill somebody. <laughs> I want to stay out of jail. That's right. And that's my story. You're sticking to it. I have no choice. I have a better one. <laughs> do we do we want to try something basic and see a thumbs up or thumbs down from each one of us? See where okay. we stand. Yeah, I think so. I think we should do it. Okay, so ready? Beginning. All at the same time. One, two, three. Oh. I think he's just talking about us up here. Okay. <laughs> oh. We got a mix. Which has never stopped the rest of us. So exactly. Exactly. That's, that's three yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. I've never said that. That's three thumbs up and one thumbs down. Yeah. Right. Three out of and four fans same, recommend Star Trek Discovery. And, yeah. and that's about the same ratio we have the audience, too. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I saw a few thumbs down. And I was ignoring the audience. I mean, I. I wasn't. It's what I. I mean, speaking as one of thumbs up people um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you um, I can understand the gaps, the plot holes the tech stuff, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the spore drive and seeing where that goes, mm-hmm. so I understand completely, but that being said yep, my wife and I are paying the six bucks a month um, get a little side benefit from other shows, but um, my favorite my favorite Star Trek series is Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. but it took me about a season and a half to warm up to that. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I am just about at that point with Discovery now, was, and we're at the end of the first season. I was going to yeah. say, when he said Deep Space Nine, he had my heart. Then when he told me it took a season and a half, he lost it. <laughs> Deep Space Nine had me from the pilot, folks. The pilot. Me too. But anyway, yeah, I got sucked right, I'm, I'm sucked right into this show, <coughs> warts and all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, my attitude coming into the show was. All right, so we got, you know, watch the first couple pro, uh, half episodes, I don't know, it's like a prologue to me, and I kind of go, all right, take, take me, where are you going to take me? Let's yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. Okay, tell me more, tell me more, and that's where I've been. Okay, for me, it's been more, okay, here, I'll, get, I'll give my negative real quick. Um, is it a good show? Great production values, good writing, good acting, nice effects. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad show. What I'm saying is I just have a problem accepting it as Star Trek in the way they promote it. I do not see it as 10 years before Kirk and Spock. Yeah. There, 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 there's a war. There's all these instances going on that have never been alluded to in Star Trek, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Sport and the others. Um, so... The green on war has been But not for drives my ceiling. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so my, ish, my issue is not that it's a bad show. My issue is it just doesn't hold with everything that we supposedly know already. Let me, let me put this out for you. When I was first talked to about this show, which was a couple of years ago, and he said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I said, well, I'll we'll explain it. That's all I need to hear. Now they explain it. It's cool with me. I give it time. But I'm concerned, if it's a well-written show, it's a good show. Yeah. Nothing else matters to me. Mm-hmm. Despite some, I mean, again, and I have mixed feelings about the production values. The production values struck me from the very beginning. If I get in a, in a grumpy mood, which is often, um, 
I tend to think maybe it's a little more Battlestar Galactica-ish than I would prefer a Star Trek to be, <coughs> certainly in this time but frame. Which, That's arguable, though. Which Battlestar Galactica? Newbie. New one. Oh. Newbie SG. Yeah. Which was Deep Space Nine Light? So. Okay. Miles, what do you think? Um, I give a thumbs up. I, I think I can defend some of the controversial choices of the show that <clears> may have some of us fans you know, questioning. Um, I like that it we have to accept the fact that TV is different now. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> TV is a little more character driven. It's a little, you know, and so Star Trek is going to be different. Also, we're going to we're going to get into Michael Burnham's head more. We're going to get into some of the, you know, it, uh, um, Ash Tyler and, and some of these people, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be more about what what they're going through, what they're struggling with, and maybe you know, and it's going to take longer. We're used to Star Trek, you know, being 45 minutes, give or take, with commercials, and then they put a bow on the end. It, this is not this is not the way it is now. It, it's not going to have a nice, neat bow at the end, or it's going to take a whole season or longer to re, for this to resolve. And, and I'm okay with that, because mm-hmm. t- TV has changed, and um, that's how I like my TV. Yes, ma'am. It, it takes more with modern audiences to get us to that point of, wow, this is controversial, where what mm-hmm. was controversial is to most people, it's going to be, meh. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's so... Mm-hmm. In response right to what he said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that level of television Star Trek surpassed with Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. They started all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to get used to it. I'm already used to it. Mm-hmm. It's what I expect. Yeah. From every show, uh, character base, it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like action as well as the next person, but mindless action doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some base. Yeah. Okay. That gentleman, actually, that gentleman in the back's had his hand up a number. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, All right. I made a comment that doesn't feel like Star Trek. I want to watch the first episode, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I got to throw a grenade in the room, but no, it seems it. like the Orville seems more like Star Trek. Well, it's apples and, but it's apples and oranges. Exactly, apples and it's apples, oranges. They're yeah. completely different styles, completely different shows. They are all... It's, our Orville, we know it's obviously it's, Star Trek. It's, 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 <laughs> it's more to the classic Star Trek. Yes. Like yes. The modern yes. Star. But I agree with And that. I love yes. that show. Yeah, I, love, I love both. But going back to what Lorenzo was saying, I was primed for that type of format of television even before that because back in the 70s there were shows they were, they were being brought over from Japan like uh, Star Blazers and Robotech and then later on you had Blake 7 and then Babylon 5 and these shows that had these that were character driven and continued these arcs so I came to expect that a long time ago so th- this is I think it's great that American television has has kind of caught up to that now where, where we have that um, I happen to like both shows I enjoy the Orville and Star Trek Discovery equally I will preface this and but but don't worry. My girlfriend and I here have only managed to see up to um, the halfway, roughly the halfway point. Uh, was it seven or eight? Episodes. Yeah, magic to make the sanest man go mad. Right. But because Harry might episode. Yeah, but, but because it's the internet, I do know about some of those plot spoilers and stuff, so nobody has to worry about you know saying yeah. anything about it. The reason is. Uh, mainly, I think more of a technical thing because um, at first I thought it was it was a problem with CBS All Access because uh, I was watching it. The only device that I have we have in our home that that gets CBS All Access is the Xbox 360. Right. And it's the only thing that that the only reason lately I've had to, I've, I've had to turn it on because I do most of my gaming on my PC. But I've noticed that 
you have to do a lot of jiggery pokery to get it to work. Like um, I've had to go and get to a uh, to tune into a live feed from my CBS affiliate before going to all before watching hmm. Discovery, and even that doesn't work now uh, yeah. because I can't. I yeah. keep getting a server not available error. I used to think it was just like for high demand, like when a new episode came on or when something highly rated, mm-hmm. like a sports event or a special came on CBS. But now it's all the time. And then I thought to myself, huh? I don't think it's a problem because I can watch it on my computer fine. And then, and then now we're looking at getting a Roku because we think that I've been asking around and people are saying, yeah, I can watch on the Roku, no problem. Comment I've, on the first part. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny you should mention that because until we got a PS4 during Black Friday, we you know, did this little jerry-rigging with my iPhone and all yeah. that. So it was a big relief to to get a console. Just you know, It's basically a stream box anyway. I play on a PC too. Yeah. Um, but there have been some documented situations with a couple of the episodes that I don't recall specifically which episodes <coughs> that there have been some stru- some problems on the server side with content, content distribution and I know that they got a lot of flack for it. They did. With at least yeah. that first episode. I mean, we, I, we were ready to throw something at the TV that episode. Yeah. For whatever reason. Server load? Who knows? I'm not an IT person, so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I live in rural West Virginia, and our internet, in a word, sucks. Um, <laughs> we have no backbone out there at all on the internet. So the we suburbs. we got uh, a bunch of us in my little town got together at one friend's house, twelve of us, and one of us paid for it. We all watched it. So the agreement now is, he'll watch it, capture it. And the rest of us will throw in fifty cents each, and then we all get to watch that. It's the least you could do because because my internet's democracy. not fast enough to stream, not yeah. where um, I live. I decided to take advantage of a deal on ThinkGeek where you can buy a certain amount of credits for CBS All Access oh. with a pin as a package deal. You get a pin of the Shenzhou, and yes. and you get like three right, four okay. months of CBS All Access. Credit. I did not know that. Yeah, it was about. Uh, I don't know if the offer is so good, though. I don't know. You'll have to check it. Yeah. Let, me, let me zigzag a little bit. And there's something else that caught my eye about the show. That really struck me about the show. And tell me, tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. There's something about Star Trek that we're just used to. And I think it's also based on the nature of so many of the actors. We know mm-hmm. the actors, these actors over the, over the decades, the majority of them have their roots in live theater. Mm-hmm. True. So Star Trek, previous series, at least to me, mm-hmm. Had that stagey feel, mm-hmm. especially maybe you know Deep Space Nine and Next Generation. Well, Next as opposed to this one, is just was, was the, not so stagey. But mm-hmm. Next Gen was the one drug series that the majority of actors were not staged. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were. A lot no, of them were. Most of them were not. Yeah. Patrick. Oh, oh, soap operas. Yeah. Right? Soap opera. She was classically trained Shakespearean actor. No, she wasn't. Unknown. No, she wasn't. No, he was Marina not. Was, I knew him from a number of things. Marina was, was not a stage actress. So Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I believe he's in Life Force. Yeah. He's fiction. He's in he was. He's in PBS. Uh, he's a classic police trainer. Yes, yes, yes. Bridge Boss. Gates. Yeah. What's the name? A lot of them are classic. And he's probably was not. A lot of them are not. They were good TV actors. But only a handful were stage actors. Michael Dorn was not. And don't get me wrong. I love Next Gen. But let's not lump all the Star Treks together. Because Next Gen was the exception. Well, so was Fortune. I'm going to get it. Nah, right. My first thing I want to say is. It's going to be Space Nine. Because I have not said so. But, folks, I love the show. Well, I told this lady I did. And she almost attacked me. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to out you in here. But I love it. I think it's one of the most well written things. 
I've ever seen. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Write me a good story. I'm yours. Let's put her on the spot. Well, let's hear a dissenting opinion. Okay. Please. No? No, no, seriously. I understand. Oh, wait a minute. Anybody else want to give a dissenting opinion? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You had a lot to say upstairs. (laughs) Don't don't you dare shake your head no now. Okay, I know you for 20 years, and you know what I like, too. Yes, I do. Okay, so... No, that's not getting you out of it. I'm kidding. Yeah, I would say that, you know, Star Trek Next Generation... I don't need this. ...definitely had its place in Star Trek history. However, the first two years, if you're going to be real, it's just a recap. Oh, it's unwatchable. Yeah. It's, it's virtually unwatchable for me. Again, yeah. I, di- I disagree. Especially that second well, season. Well, everyone's entitled to their own energy. energy no, but I'm saying... I'll, 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 I'll agree with you to a point. Let's finish. If you look at the first two, the first two seasons, okay. and then you go back to Star Trek from the 1960s, the parallel... Uh, and, and, and style of it was was season one. I'll give you, but not season two. Yeah, season one. I'll season agree, one, but not two. I mean, they even had. A, I cannot watch two. Them. They were five, they, they found oh, themselves. As far I as can. I think season one was fifty fifty. I think half the episode were good, half of them were crap. But that's all shows for a season. Let's bring it back to this good. Okay, the discovery. That's, that's the thing. I I look at it this Let's way. Back to discovery. Yeah. Every. When Next Generation came out, all the hardcore fans of the original series were like, oh, it's not Kirk, it's mm-hmm. not Chuck, it's mm-hmm. going to suck. Yeah, you're right. Well, oh, yeah. did it. It's even one very popular. Then DS9 came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not already started. It's going to suck. Oh. It didn't. No, you've got Babylon 5. And then Babylon 5 came on. And they said, is Star Trek still on the air? Yeah. 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 So. Oh, please. You don't want to go there. I know. I know. You'll get a big play from me. But, uh, for people, who, and I'm not criticizing you. Because if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't mind. But if you want to really... Give it a fair shot before you decide you don't like it. Give it a fair shot. Yeah. So decide you don't like it. So discovery. How many episodes do you feel is a fair shot for discovery? Give it. How many seasons did you take before you got the next generation? Two. You just said it. Season one, you said was. No, I said season one. It it wallowed a bit. Season two was finding itself, but I was. It was Star Trek. I was going to watch it from beginning to end, no matter how good or bad it was. Took me about. First season was eh, next generation. Second season, it was better. By third season, best of both worlds. Best of both. Best of both worlds. Part one. Yep. DS9 was bisexual. I was in. I was in first for that one. It's funny because need a chance to get their legs, to get the characters, to get the writing. Well, it's it's and discovery. I am going to watch every episode in spite of the fact that I get a thumbs up. I don't consider it good Star Trek. I do consider it good television. And the writing the business, but I don't consider it good start. The first season is the, um, they call it, a, it's, a, it's a, what do they call it? Um, God, I, and I said, right for television. But Shakedown Cruise. Yeah. Every show is that way. Yeah. Almost every show. There's been some exception. Now, from my standpoint, I hated the third season. I was scared. My favorite show had become boring. That's what I thought about the third season. Uh, I thought the next, the second season was great. Then I got scared. Then I said, "Well, I want to pitch this show. Let me change my attitude." So I thought half was good, like with the first season. Half was crap. Me and Michael Pillar disagreed. We agreed on the half. We disagreed on which of the half was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I never forget that. So 
Me, I will give any show the first season because most shows first season still you're finding the show's yeah, voice. Right. Right. Very few shows are good the first season. Very few. So you're finding the show's voice. Once you found it, that's when I make my decisions. Gentlemen in the back. Joe, yeah. Um, I'm just a question of your guys' opinion. Do you feel that Star Trek Discovery is a um, highly developed, uh, intense science fiction series that just happens to use Star Trek as a vehicle? Or do you think it started out as part of the Star Trek universe and they're trying to expand the Star Trek universe ethos? Because... Now, immediately, I will tell you, I haven't watched it all. All I get is snippets off, the, off of YouTube, okay? Mm-hmm. The general feeling is it's much darker. It has a lot. It's grittier. It has yes. sanity. Um, to me, it doesn't seem it embodies what embodies Brian Berry's vision. Now, yeah. maybe that was intentional. So that's my question is, granted, uh, production values, the, the plot development, the character development, from what I'm hearing, they're really working hard on that. So, do you feel, is this a science fiction series that just happens to do Star Trek as its basis, or is this really a Star Trek series that's gone off in a different direction? Hmm. I believe the... I'm going to try to be positive and believe the, the, the latter. I think, it's, I think it's still a Star Trek, just trying to expand the universe. A lot of things. That, a lot of things you said could have been. It was, it was said of Deep Space Nine, just that it was dark. It was yep. gritty. Yep. Exactly. But I, I, I'm actually going to say his first part of the first part of the statement. I think that if they said, "Hey, we're going to make this CBS online. We're going to make this show. We're going to spend all this money. We're going to do all this." But it's not Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a lot more difficult to get the show actually made. Mm-hmm. I think Star right. Trek allowed them to get the I'm vehicle st- created. I'm still trusting the process myself. Yeah. And when I when I saw who came on board um, at the beginning, especially Brian Fuller, um, I, I said again, "This is going to be Star Trek. It might not be the Star Trek that we've seen, we've come to know and love completely." Um, but I, another thing that sealed the deal for me was, and I wish I had it in front of me, was um, Dave Mack had a Twitter storm like two weeks before the sh- show's premiere, basically saying, give it a chance, give it a chance. So, um, and, I, and I trust his judgment. Well, I know for a fact that it was always Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was always supposed to be a Star Trek show. It wasn't a science fiction news that called it Star Trek. The idea was to make a new Star Trek. That's what it was from the beginning. I know it's for a fact because I was trying to steer them into a particular direction, my direction, which which they didn't like. (laughs) The bastards. Just just as a question to a a thought process with this, where unlike any Trek that I've ever experienced before, people watching Discovery now either have a very strong feeling for it or a very strong feeling that it's not what it's supposed to be. And there's very little in, in, in the middle, in the gray. It's true. What, just just as, a, as, a, as a introspective question, how much has social media and the internet played a role in polarizing Opinions oh, about huge. this show. Yeah. Since it, yeah, social media polarizes everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. and imagine we're, we fans. I mean, but, we don't. We, that's just a catalyst for us. I think. But to be honest, yeah. what's being said about Discovery has been said by every Star Trek show except the original. 
true. When there yes. was no internet. But we've never been able to continually go back and forth See, the real oh, they, in an instant yeah. time. They did. Oh, instant, oh, instant, instant. I remember being chased out of a con because I said, I think next year's going to be good. Right. It's like the torches. Really? Wow. Chase, not attacking you. I mean, they're swinging a noose. And yeah. I, I had a run for my life because I said, I think this is going to be okay. And now that somebody's brought up social media, I just want to make one quick comment, and that is almost any TV series should be able to find itself more quickly. Because, you know, usually when the first episode's on, they haven't even finished filming the season yet. Right. At which point, they get immediate feedback. The show's going to be out like one hour, and I guarantee you the feedback's going to start pouring in right away. The feedback, so they're going, oh, during, they're running all like this. Well Maybe hearing. we can tweak the later part of that season. Yeah, but the run. feedback doesn't help you find your show. There's for much of it, it helps you not find it. Right. Yeah. Because I, you can't, as a writer, I'm sorry, as a writer, you cannot no. give the fans... What they want. Thank you. you. Can't, no, you can't give you all give the fans what no, they want. You give the fans what they need. Yeah. You don't listen to them and say, I want to see this. I want to no, see no, that. No, no, no. Because some people don't want to see Then it's going to suck. Yeah. Gene right. Roddenberry said, himself said, that way lies prostitution. <laughs> well, I got no problem with yeah, that. That brings but that. Office, too. <laughs> so he's had a hand up for a while. Right. One thing I've, and I've said this to other people is that each Star Trek is a product of its time. Yes, indeed. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the 1960 you know, <coughs> one had sort of um, <clears throat> out of the optimistic view and hope this. that we would have a better future. Mm-hmm. Next Gen had sort of the same thing. Oh, yeah. Deep Space Nine, we were starting to get a little bit more cynical. Voyager sort of tried to go back. And so... Uh, Discovery is a product of our time. Yeah. And uh, I was watching one of the after tracks and they were talking about they made a specific choice to go to the mirror universe. Yeah. Partly because of stuff that was going on. And if you listen to some of Lorca's speech, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. We've Mm -hmm. heard that. Foreshadowing. Well, yeah, um, they were not subtle. They were not subtle, which yeah. <laughs> sort of annoyed me a little. Which is one of the things I didn't like about it. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't like that. But they were not subtle. But it mm-hmm. was again. It was a product of. It is a product of our time. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's not, that's any show. Mm-hmm. That's any, especially any sci-fi show. It wouldn't be a product of its time. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, Star Trek was oh, ideal, hope for the future, Federation, a perfect organization. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Deep Space Nine, and then occasionally Picard had to make a deal with the devil mm-hmm. to get things done. But those were subtle and few. And the further we got in, the deeper we saw that. Um, I think the best first major example of that in mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine was when um, Cisco. Cisco said. I've started a war, and all oh, it took exactly. was the death of one Klingon and the honor of one Starfleet officer. And I can live with that. With that. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought Deep Space Nine was, was cynical. Yeah. Deep Space Nine to me was one of the most uplifting shows, period. But its stories weren't always the rosiest. But it was always hope. I mean, you quoted Garrick. A cynical spy. Of course, he's going to say that. Because mm-hmm. that's the way he sees the world. Mm-hmm. Cisco, on the other hand, I did what I did to save my people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what I, I know what I did was not right. But 
It was for the greater good. It was for the greater good. I can live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The gentleman, the, the gentleman here. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't answering the important question that we need to answer. That's true. Uh, tomorrow night, we try not to. Finale, yeah. Do we continue to pay for CBS after the finale, or do we? At which way to support Star Trek more? Do we keep paying for it, or do we stop after the? Finale? There's more episodes. <laughs> okay. Uh, One thing with the CBS when when they took the <clears throat> December, I I clicked on cancel because I figured I'd take a month off from paying. Right. Back up. And they're like, oh no, we'll give you a free month. Oh. 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 Okay, since I, since I don't know anything else that's on CBS, I can't answer that. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, I can answer yes, because no, no, there are some good things that you can get on CBS All Access. You get old Star Trek. You get oh, no, not only that. You get Beauty and the Beast is on there. Uh, both old and new Hawaii Five O. If you because um, I did not see any of these shows before when they were first on. I Love Lucy, The Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> but some of us big chunks of the back catalog that's all right there for the taking. Yeah, we got. We also we signed up for CBS All Access right at the beginning. For mm-hmm. Which would be great if I had the band. This is really cool. Stuff. Yeah, Brain Dead. If anybody did, if you didn't catch it like a couple years ago, Brain Dead was brilliant. Um, watch that. See, all that would be great if I had the bandwidth to actually watch. Right, them. and that's a, that's again that's like a barrier. But if um, the, the thing I wanted to comment on because you said things were a product of its time now. This show was probably in the pipeline like long before this, but I thought my first re- my gut reaction was when I first saw Star Trek Discovery and I saw that first episode and you had those Klingons on there, you know, saying "Remain Klingon," carrying those torches. And this was two months a-, a month after Charlottesville because you know a month before that I was seeing neo Nazis walking through Charlottesville carrying torches, saying "You will not replace us." And I thought, okay, yeah. That's it. May not be su- maybe as subtle as a hit on the head, but they nailed it. And it's kind of like the thing. It's too bad I'm not going to be able to see your Star Wars thing because it's the same thing with Star Wars. Because I heard somebody say, you know, for good villains, you need to have them reflect the times. And the fir- just like with the Klingons, the First Order is kind of like you have like these new this new generation of fascists who go and look back and say, yeah, let's bring that back, but do it more. Um, It'd be very difficult for you to see my Star Wars talk because it was an hour and a half. Ago. Oh darn. Okay. <laughs> I've caught up with all the episodes, okay? I've painfully streamed it from a phone. <laughs> I have an office full of Star Trek geeks who we discuss this thing to the ends of the earth, and your job's on the line if you don't know the characters. Work as a bad guy. Hold on, hold on, let me finish. Now, one of the important things that they got that got brought out in all this is we saw a different kind of Star Trek and we also saw a bit of the original Star Trek in it. We did see some Gene Roddenberry peeking in through. If you go through all the episodes, you're going to see some serious stories and morals coming through in this. I'm not going to throw some spoilers at you, but I was really surprised at the way this thing turned out. It wasn't the way I expected. And no, it wasn't one and done in each episode. It wasn't one long storyline that I could predict. It threw stuff at me that I was uncomfortable with, just like the original Star Trek did in the beginning. And it said, hey, look, did you see it from this point of view? No? Guess what? I've got a ringer for you. Check this out. What you thought about one character, totally different. You're like, wait. 
can't do that in movies, and they just did. You can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not Orville or anything like that where the light is, you know, shiny and white and everything. They throw some dark on it. And they also say, hey, look, there's also something from you to learn from on this whole thing. And it's different. It's magical. And it's still, i got to tell you, it is Star Trek definitely worth watching. Um, it does fit in with the whole thing. You just got to stick with it and go through all the episodes to see the magic. Okay. Yes. Uh, i got one quick question Three. for you. You're an office full of Star Trek geeks? Yeah. Are they hiring? <laughs> we'll talk. Joe. Joe. First of all, thank you, Justin. Great job. John, I'm waiting for you all day. I, I mean, I'm going crazy back here with you guys. Oh, go. You were crazy. Go on, please. Don't don't blame us for that. It's so Star Trek that I think you guys aren't seeing it. I'm seeing it. Okay, first of all, it's one of the first ones that has an endpoint at the beginning. We know there is not going to be a spore drive. We already know that. This Kirk doesn't have one. They're working against an endpoint already. Is it dark? Well, yeah, but if they had done it's Star war. Trek with Garth of Izar as captain, it would have been dark, because Garth was a dark character. Lorca is looking at a war where his ship is the only ship that could really save the Federation. Not Starfleet, the entire Federation. So this guy's acting that way. This guy thinks he's it. I'm it. And these stupid people I have working for me, we're it. We're the only <laughs> vanguard that's stopping the Klingons who shoot first and don't ask questions later mm-hmm. from destroying... Mm-hmm. Everything I know. It doesn't matter what will work. It doesn't matter honor. It matters winning because they're going to wipe us out. He mentioned many times his goal was to win the war. And that's his only goal. <laughs> and, and on his well, ship, he is the voice well, of God to... because Starfleet's back there. <laughs> yeah. on the sure, are you, are you caught up on, on the show? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so all of this evolves from that. And he taps for him, and then he goes because he sees somebody who also gets the job done. And that's all that matters. So is it darker? Yes. When we get to Kirk, is it lighter and happier and friendlier? Yeah. But Kirk's whole character is somebody who comes out of that war. His bigotry against the Klingon comes from this place, because they were the people who did the damage. So they've alluded to that all along in way, way back when he started the show, before this even came up. It's just that we have an endpoint. We're up against the fact the sport drive is going to be gone. The war's going to be over. The tension is still going to be there. Kirk is the best example. He still hates the Klingons. They personally done nothing to him until they get his son later. But again, all of the, it's like they've got all these seeds to work with to get to what we know already. I love it. I think it's great because we've seen things in our lifetime, most of us here, where either... Microsoft came up with it and it never rolled out. Uh, the government's come up with things that we don't hear about until 20 years later. They did what? The Cuban Missile Crisis was done by whom? So things happen in our own universe that the general public doesn't know about until after the fact. This show does a great job portraying that. We come up to person and all of that stuff that Lorca and his crew did, nobody knows about until later. We even see it with Kirk. There are things that happen in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine. We're like, yeah, some guy <coughs> Kirk did such and such. Because then we found it as a report. Because it got buried. Well, sure, it's military intelligence. Of course they buried it. It's not everybody's business. This, to me, is a perfect period to show how Captain April was, how Captain Kirk is, how everybody becomes because this happened. 
And now we just sit back and watch it happen. What what's that I led up to? Everything was this crap. See, I'm fine with the spore drive because I mean. Do any of you remember in Structure 3, uh, the search for Spock, they talk about the Excelsior it has this transport drive, yeah. 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 and we never hear about it afterwards. Yeah. 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 Until Voyager. So 100 years from, you know, 100. You know so... It didn't turn the Excelsior into lizards. Yeah. So, well, it was a real-life animal, and analog to that, the Philadelphia experiment. And because it didn't yeah. work. That's why they turned the lizards. This gentleman's had his hand up for a while. I think on the question also of... Um, is it Roddenberryan or not? I think a lot probably rides on tomorrow's episode, at least based on the, the trailers. There's going to be that clash of perceptions. There's going to be that what do we do? And I think that climax is going to play into it. And that's the thing. It's like we're seeing a single story that is stretched over 15 episodes. And I'm looking at it for myself. It's like, I will judge this story when it's done. Mm-hmm. Because until exactly. you've read the final page of your novel, you don't know yeah. Yeah. what the story right. is and where it's Yeah, we don't know what the climax is yet. The because they haven't shown did it. it with the wrench in the library. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty did it with the wrench. Wait, go to wrench. I'm just curious, do you can watch after? Where does he Yes. I, yeah. so I don't, I couldn't, I watched the first one. I couldn't stand that guy. <laughs> I couldn't stand because, because I'm listening. I'm like, he has no idea what he's talking about. Quick. I couldn't deal with that. Which one? Eventually, after track. It down a little oh, after track. He tempers it with enthusiasm. He says with the nerdist. I mean, how can I listen to the opinions of somebody who knows nothing about what he's talking about? Maybe I'll go back and maybe it's gotten better, but that first show. I was like, Maybe. if I want to listen to nonsense, I'll go to a con. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more nonsense for you. Thank you, folks. I'm Steven. Have a good evening. Good night, everyone. One thing, one thing I was thinking of is I liked how they did some of the things, and for this is just also for the peaks and the nods to classic track. You had Saru looking up. You know, famous captains. Oh, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Archer. Uh, April. April. Pike. Pike. Decker. But the one thing I loved was in the episode with Sarak. Oh, Lethe? Where we, yeah, Lethe. Where we found out, and I said to myself, I looked at that and I went, no wonder you were so pissed at Spock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love yes. that scene. Yeah, he did well, just say, it. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, and, but also that whole thing where uh, Michael is like, well, he's embarrassed by me. He's upset, and uh, Ash says, "No, when you're in that, when you're in, when you're thinking about dying, you're not thinking about what other people did, how, how other people failed you. You're thinking of how you failed other people." <laughs> and that is very good. But like I said, I said to myself, "No wonder you're so pissed at Spock." Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Qu- question: Should I spoil or not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why do you know about what's going on? No, 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 no. Just, just for those who haven't finished, um, fi- yeah. no, catching up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As a psychiatrist, some things I, I just obviously pick up on, and one of the one of those characters happens to be Ash Tyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I find that to be a quite compelling portrayal of post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, I'm I just like to try to get your feel or your your opinions on if you on this. On seeing this character and how how all this has unfolded, and whether you actually no, this fan theory had been floating around 
podcasting and social media, and I just mm-hmm. kind of kept it over here. And then it turned out, uh, well, he's, yeah. it, he's who he is. Tyler's Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> but it's as far as the portrayal of something like tr- no, p- trauma, what, is, what do people think about that? Mm. Get your take on that. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty, you know, it, it, it helped humanize that whole situation for us. It gives us a chance to see it. <laughs> one of the things I like about this Star Trek is that it is looking at things that Star Trek has not looked at. Mm-hmm. Actually, Star Trek has looked at PTSD, Nog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another good portrayal of someone That's who has true. suffered mm-hmm. more trauma. Not as deep, but I think. Or nor the bowels of the strong, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm on the fence. I still think you know what. What's that? I'm on the fence of how it's portrayed. How so? No, no, no. no. Uh, clarify. Uh, I'm here. Mm. How do I want to say this? One? Say it Having however. PTSD myself about a few issues, mm-hmm. I can see part of it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going, but you wouldn't do that. And so it then becomes. But I'm going, okay, but I'm not clean on and have another personality. So, so how am I going to react if I were clean on? <laughs> I don't know, because, well, not clean on. Oh, my God, it's having a human-centric view. Okay. Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm just, on one hand, I see that it is a good representation of what that PTSD is, of when he's in the shuttle and he's switching, but he can't figure out what's going on because you're only seeing Tyler's side of it. You can't because they haven't shown us that Tyler is Vogue. They've hinted. But they we haven't figured that out yet. And so we don't see the other side trying to break through. When mm. <clears throat> having PTSD myself, there are two sides. Well you do see the other side trying to break through. Is that at first it was presented in a way which we didn't quite understand and we weren't supposed to. But once we found out what his condition was, to well, me it's I quite obvious. Because I have PTSD myself. And, and so seeing that from my eyes was a little... For me. <laughs> and, and part of it was really true. But then I'm realizing, okay, I'm looking at my culture and my eyes of not a warrioristic society. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very different from how Klingon sees this. Mm. So that could be the why I'm so... Mm-hmm. What I'm sort of pleasantly surprised about, a lot of the things that the fans kind of nerd rage about the show was the, the you know, it looks too advanced compared to being 10 years before original series. What about the Klingons? The, 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 the you know, Klingon they changed the Klingons before. again. Yeah. Well, they, they've never changed the Klingons since 1979. I'm going to say this. What settled me down about the Klingons? Someone mentioned to me that it's the same Klingon that was in Deep Space Nine episode with the, the albino. Yeah, because yeah. they look like the albino. Mm-hmm. Now I never thought the albino was Klingon. Once somebody told me that, I was like, "Well, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Made sense to me." Once I got to my mind that that the albino was Klingon, they're definitely Klingon. They look just like him, and then I started to realize. They didn't just put this together or put out their behind. They thought about this. Yeah. And they're trying to approach it from a different angle, mm-hmm. which is a writer. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I'm kind of like trying to wrestle with this too. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm trusting that they that they know what they're doing and that they will explain it. Right. But I'm thinking, you know, at this point in their history. You know, the, you had the augment virus, which which I had always assumed was uh, affected the whole species, was a species wide thing, mm-hmm. and and now shouldn't they be looking more human and not less? And how are they explain that away? And I just don't want to hear any hand waving of the well. They've always changed the Klingons. Well, if you're going to be in, if you're going to do something in past history, you at least need to acknowledge something or explain Alex. It I think somewhere. you need to talk to him. Alex himself <laughs> years ago wrote for our our, our organization's um, newspaper. He wrote this two page story as to why the Klingons looked the way they did, and mm-hmm. you just he just integrated all sorts of literature and stuff. And so talk to him. First of all, I never for a minute thought that it was. The entire race. I don't even no. think Enterprise suggested that it was. It was the entire, entire race. race. But it was yeah. some of them. And first of all, that old augment story was mine. Uh-huh. And I got people who verify that. Uh, I helped somebody out. And they stole my <laughs> idea. Uh-huh. But it was cool because he got it done. <laughs> and second, like you said, it was never the entire race. Uh-huh. It was always something. Now, in the script of mine that they had, they had one time used the augments on the my script. It's called the defects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were the ones sent to do battle. Mm-hmm. Oh. They were the ones who were dispendable mm-hmm. until the other guys realized, well, they're getting all the glory. Mm-hmm. So in my script, they took away their rights, put them in there by themselves, and they were pariah. <laughs> this was the main idea for that. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't the whole population, but it was a good deal of them, and they were cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Or uh, spies. Well, yeah, when it came to the Star Star Fleet. Yeah, sure. Uh, it is a Klingon empire, meaning many planets. So it many races. Stand a reason that it would affect everybody. True. But you had all the houses were involved in uh, Takuvma's war, so he united all the houses. So that had to be every single house within the empire. We don't see but we don't see the other possible races or. And keep in mind, Klingons were conquerors. How likely is it that the degraded Klingons, if you will, would be the house leaders of any house? True. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them, I believe, is related to Core. Yeah, if, if, if Core that was Core. Yeah, that was mentioned. The, the one Klingon general was uh, mm-hmm. part of. Okay. This okay. okay. Oh. I'd like to know Sorry, I what next. people thought we'll of the fact that they dropped the F bomb in one episode. No. I could live without it. That's fine. For the show, did it make Star Trek better? Yeah. It was the only thing about the show I didn't like, and I didn't like it because, in my opinion, in the future. That language we've done away with. I can't see it lasting. Well, well I, can't. I don't know. I, I remember something that J. Michael Straczynski said that about Babylon 5, and he said, you know, to say that people uh, would be more enlightened in the future would be denying that people don't get mad or, or no. don't you know, see, say that, something. That, yeah. that would do with being enlightened. Yeah. Then they don't get mad. Of course they get mad. How they, how they manifest their anger. Right. That's what's different. Okay. I can't believe uh, people say, oh, after a thousand years, they're not going to stop speaking that way. Mm-hmm. Well, they have. We have already. There are certain things we don't say now that we said 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that 300 years, something as ignorant, in my opinion, as profanity will still be around. They didn't use it. 
Data was an idiot. <laughs> when, it, when it came to being human, Data was an idiot. Also, a case in point, Star Trek, Star Trek V may not have been the best Star Trek movie, but, but then Kirk did... He's but, but, Alex. But, but Kirk did... Say I ought to knock you on your goddamn ass. Mm-hmm. Kirk read, he read Jacqueline Suzanne. <laughs> but, if, but if I but if I may, if you, go, if you go far enough back in literature and the language uh, centuries ago, they had profanity, just not the same profanity we have today. Uh, Two hundred years ago, if I if you you know if you and I were calling each other names, I'd call you a landlord. You'd call me a lawyer, and we'd wind up fighting in the street. <laughs> that was profanity. Those were major wow. insults. Those are still profane words to this day. <laughs> but, no, but not of the same as caliber. As lawyer, but not as the same really? caliber. I don't know. You yeah. call me a lawyer, I get pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd be calling English soldiers lobster backs. We got about five minutes, I think. Okay. So oh, did we get the five minute warning? No. Five more minutes until the five minute warning. Okay. 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 As some people said about <laughs> how his relationship with Spock was and how he wanted to go to the Vulcan Science Academy and um, how he's, um, just a lot of stuff I didn't, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I just it felt like I knew Sarek more. You got the, a better sense of, of why he felt about Spock the way he did. Mm-hmm. Why the, the the idea the the roots of their uh, of their estrangement mm-hmm. uh, of why that, that was the goal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was. Okay, I'm really looking forward to that episode. No, Leaky is a, is one of the deeper. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that one. Uh, just touch on the profanity real quick. Um, well, I agree that perhaps we wouldn't be using it uh, the way we do in the future, but that's the point. In that episode. The, she didn't say F you. It wasn't used as an insult or as a derogatory thing. She said, she, in a super excited mode, said, this is effing cool. That is not the same thing as me going up to you and saying F you. To me, that's worse, because that's worse grammar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I thought also She's was enthusiastic. Ellie's never seen Idiocracy. It's I a love, hint also that reminds us of Star Trek's <laughs> view of science. She says it, you know, in that... Emotional yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. She stops herself because she remembers her training. Oh, right. Yeah. And then Stamets looks and then Stamets at her. Stamets like, yeah. yeah. It, no. it is. It is effing yeah. cool. Yeah. Science, it reminds, it's a very Star Trek thing in that it reminds us in a, very, in a way that we today can identify with very quickly. Science is cool well, in that see, world. Yeah. 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 In the 1950s, yeah. part of it was considered science. a dirty word. In my perspective, though, <laughs> now it's common. That's what I'm saying. A ship full of geeks. I didn't know what's cool. <laughs> we got a gentleman back question. Cool. Comment. I was, I was Billy on the theme of the profanity sliding into the abyss, and what do you think of, like, the next thing you'll know, Quentin Tarantino will be starting. No. 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 I mean, I'm open-minded. Open minded. I mean, ne- next thing you know, they're going to let J.J. Abrams make Star Trek. Five. No. <laughs> what? Huh? Those were Star Trek? No. Anyway. Well, um, just gentlemen over here. Yeah, I just wanted to revisit your, your statement before when you were saying that um, Star Trek fans were commenting on how um, it, looked, it seemed more futuristic than the actual original. Yes. They said the exact same thing about Star Trek Enterprise. Yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the production values, yes. So, I mean, I, I think was for cinematic viewpoint, yeah, maybe a little but, but not as much as it could have been. No. You know? So I, I think they pulled it back. Before we adjourn, I want to bring up one thing about Discovery. It was almost curtailed from the beginning. Hmm. 
Les, I hate Star Trek movies. Tried everything he could <laughs> to get this show canceled before it was aired. I believe it. I couldn't believe I didn't understand why he was doing these things. But then I realized, Les, I hate Star Trek movies. Because he's the reason Enterprise only did four seasons. Wasn't ratings, wasn't money. It was less. And he tried to, he contacted the model makers, CG people said, I want all the ships to look like something out of Star Wars. The merchandise said, no, fans are not going to kill us. That was one of the exact words. He said, if it doesn't look like Star Trek, we're not making it. Then they say, okay, let's leave these people alone. Get away from them. And the show got back on track. This man was trying to sabotage the show mm-hmm. from the beginning. I like to sit down with him for five minutes and just beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look the other way. I'm going to try to get a few more comments before we got adjourned. Well, actually, um, let's do one more question that okay. I think we each should make like a final comment. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. interested if anybody else has gone through the same journey I have. I hated Saru in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And I've learned to actually appreciate and actually like him. Mm-hmm. I liked him from the beginning. Me too. I, I, I love Doug Jones. Doug so, Jones. Yeah. 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 Nah. His, his Kobayashi Saru speech is what's got it for me. Kobayashi Saru? I'm going to steal that. I like that. I, I stole it from someone else. Okay, cool. so final comments, anyone? Um, me, again, like I've said repeatedly, I'm trusting the process, and at least I get to catch up on some of my other shows once the finale is, is over and done with. So I'm looking forward to more. As for me, my, my opinion has not changed. Um, I consider it good television, I have difficulty accepting it as Star Trek. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching it. So I'm going to give I'm going to give it as, as honest hip. an attempt as I can. I'm here. I I am in. I love I, I love the show so far. I think the show's in good hands. There's people like uh, Kirsten Beyer, David Mack, Nicholas Meyer, other good folks that are writing for the show. I think it's in good hands. Um, I'm, hey, we got Star Trek on TV again. I mean, yeah, I'm cool yeah. That. yeah that's, TV. I'm not complaining about that. TV. Okay. I think it's been well written, hey. which is all I have. Thanks for coming, everybody. And it's Star Trek. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,